Um, don't forget that um, on uh, uh, that you can text. We, I don't know if they can put that up there again, but uh, we want to remind everybody, if you haven't signed up for the, the text messaging service from the church, we'd love you to do that. Um, and you're not going to be bombarded with a 48 text every day. It's not going to be a group text where people are going to be responding, your phone's blowing up all day long. It will simply be one text, a no-reply kind of text that lets you know any information, just like if something happened and we couldn't have service, uh, we can get that out to you because everybody's not on social media, and, and a lot of times, or even if you are, you don't check it all the time, and you would be able to see that. So um, if you have a question about that, um, see Brother Jake. Uh, after there it is right there you can text restoration to five five four nine eight and you can do that and it'll send you a, a thing back to subscribe and once you do that then any like say any information we need to give you or any messages or anything we need to do uh quickly we can do that let everybody know hey there was you know like in here today the ac is not working you can tell it i can uh, but they're coming tomorrow to fix it but if if something were to happen we had you know, flood in the building or anything like that, we can say, hey, we're not having service. Something's happened. And just let you know that way you don't drive. Some of you guys drive, you know, a little ways to get here. And that way you'll know beforehand. So uh, so do that if you can, please. And again, you're not going to be bombarded with a bunch of advertisements or texts or spam or anything like that. It's just simply will be when we have a message to get out to the church, reminders and things of that sort. So uh, just glad to be here tonight. Glad to worship the Lord. And uh uh, always excited to hear my friend preach tonight. And uh, we love Brother Shannon Peacock and his family and just appreciate them so much. And uh, I, I, like, I like the way his mind works. I love to listen to him, the way he brings thoughts across. He'll come to me sometimes and say, Pastor, you ever thought of this? And he'll, he'll, he'll kind of give me a little preview of probably what he's going to be preaching. But um, let's give him a hand tonight as he comes. Let's give a word from the Lord tonight. Greetings in Jesus' name, and praise God for revival and restoration apostolic church. Amen. Hallelujah. Still, still got to say it, glad to be part of an alive church, a, a growing church, church where Acts 2.38 is still being fulfilled, where God's people are growing. I, I, my dad used to quote, Scripture from Timothy, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. And, of course, I see that with my own kids. But when I look at people and, and, and think about how far God has, has brought them, because that's what He does. And not just newer converts, I mean lifelong people, watching them grow. And, and uh, you know, he, he wasn't always that good at preaching. I won't just say it right now, I tell you. But no. I'm kidding, no. But... Uh, uh, I, lo I love the Waldens and uh, I, I, their, their level of, of talent for singing and music and preaching and, and delivering the Word. I mean, I just I, I can't help but just look at them sometimes and think, it wouldn't hurt you to lower the bar a little bit for us normal folks, would it? You know, no. No, but I love them. I love our, our pastor. I love our people. I love God's Word. 
I love talking about God's Word. I get these things, these ideas, and I got to go to pastor and say, this, this is a good one. Of course, you know, you go to, if you're a young minister, and Brother Jake, you know what this is like, you probably do too. You go, I got this idea, man, this, I saw this from the Word, and the pastor says, yeah, I preached that a few years ago. Really? Oh, man, I thought I had something, <laughs> you know, but, but God's Word is timeless. That's just how it works, and so I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I love the Lord. I love my family. And uh, if, you, uh, if you would, you can go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 16, and uh, we'll start at verse 25, read down to 31. I believe, for the most part, we're familiar with this story. Paul and Silas had been thrown in jail for ruining the business of, of Someone who used a young lady for who was uh, possessed with a devil and had been tormenting Paul and Silas for days. And uh, when they cast the devil out of her, she could no longer perform for her master. She could no longer, no longer had the gift, if that's the right word, of divination. And so they were beaten and thrown in jail for it. Starting in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Saying praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors, all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm. Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in. And came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Paul and Silas had one phrase that began a life-saving process for that jailer. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. We are still here. Pastor, would you pray over this lesson for tonight? Amen. Clap as hard as you can before you sit down. Can we do that? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, how I love the sound of rejoicing of God's people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you as you're seated. I believe we all do know the story that Paul and Silas had been arrested for doing the work of the Lord. They had come to a new territory, a place where God's Word had not been sown, where Jesus had not yet been preached. And when they began to preach and do miracles, there was a significant problem that they faced. There was a young lady who was possessed by a devil who gave her the ability to tell fortunes 
who tormented Paul and Silas for days, saying, these are the servants of the Most High God. Now, it is likely that she was talking to them sarcastically or trying to cause embarrassment to them. But she knew because what was inside her knew who these were. And they cast out that devil, and she lost the ability to tell fortunes and to bring money into the people that were using her for their own gain. And it cost them jail time. They were beaten, and they were thrown into prison. And Paul and Silas, as we know, responded exactly how all of us should respond in a difficult circumstance. Now, I'm sure at some point when they were beaten, they said, Ow. It is okay to respond to your difficult times. It is okay to say, I don't like this. It is okay to say, this hurts and I am in distress. As long as we also know that we should also give God glory and give God praise in all things that we go through. Paul and Silas in the midnight hour sang praises to God. And God sent an earthquake that opened all the doors so that not just Paul and Silas could be set free, but that everyone in that prison cell, in that prison, could be set free. And when their chains were loosed, I, I don't know what the timeline exactly was, but the jailer who awoke, he realized that the doors were broken open, chains were loosed. He knew something had happened. He knew it was a miraculous event and he thought that everyone had escaped so here this great miracle had happened here this amazing thing had happened because Paul and Silas knew how to praise God they knew how to give God glory in all things having God having counted them worthy to be uh, to be tormented to be hurt and for his name's sake and so the opportunity came for them to be set free and the jailer looked around and thought this is it not only have I lost my job, but the punishment was that he was to be put to death. So he decided to take matters into his own hands. Now get the picture here. The miracle had come. The jail had been broken open. The chains had fallen off. But Paul and Silas stayed there. They didn't go anywhere. And at some point, they knew the intention of the guard. They knew that he was going to do himself harm. So rather than accept the miracle that God himself had provided, they chose instead to risk further incarceration. What would it, what would keep them there? What would compel them to say, thank you, God, but no thanks. We're going to stay in this difficult situation just a little bit longer. The answer comes that there was a need there. There was someone who needed God. There was someone who was hurting. There was someone who was suicidal. And Paul and Silas knew that. And they looked at each other and said, Brother, we can't leave this place just yet because there is something bigger than our own personal miracle. Somebody needs God in this situation. Somebody needs their life turned around. And we can't go anywhere just yet. And so Paul and Silas stayed there. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just the miracle, the, the, the earthquake that was sent that, the, that impressed the jailer so much. It was the fact that Paul and Silas said, we are still here. 
we're going to stay in this trial just a little bit longer. We're going to stay in this situation just a little bit longer. Why? Because someone needs us. And I can only imagine how the jailer felt, how impressed he was, how loved he felt at that moment. And all of it, the miracles, the compassion, looking at them and and said, I don't know, I've never seen this kind of love. I, I am part of the reason that you are here. But still, you feel compelled to help me. I want what you got. I've got to have this same thing that you have. Not just because it sends miracles, because it has filled you with this kind of love I want what you got and Paul and Silas preached Jesus to him in fact the jailer had a hand in helping to them not only to continue to get out of the situation that they were in but also to be permanently freed from that prison and the Bible goes on to say that the jailer and his entire family were saved why Because Paul and Silas said, there's something bigger here. There's something bigger than a miracle that needs to happen. Now I know that that miracles serve a great purpose. If God chooses to give us a miracle of healing or a situational miracle, they do in fact serve a great purpose. If that was God's will and He makes it happen, that's what's supposed to happen. There's a lot of purpose in that. It demonstrates God's power. It lets people know, it lets the world know that there is a God and He can do anything and all things are subject to Him. It also demonstrates His compassion. There are some situations that we are not meant to stay in. There are some things in our life that we are not meant to live with forever. And God always knows just when to make those situations go away. I believe we should all experience miracles. Now, anything I say tonight is not, is, is not a commentary on miracles, whether they should or should not happen. God knows. In fact, Brother Green was here not long ago talking about why, you know, it seems like some people receive miracles maybe more than others, or maybe people that are newer in the church, and it was just a great, a great revelatory message. And there's a lot of things that can be said about that. Some things are temporary. Some things serve a, that are temporary serve a long-term purpose. There are some things that God does not want you to stay in. God does not want His children to live financially strapped forever. You don't have to raise your hand, but has anybody ever been financially strapped? <laughs> Nobody raised their hand, but, one, but I had a whole lot of nods right there. That's right. You know, there's just some things that God doesn't want to stay the way that they are in our lives. And God uses those things. And sometimes I wonder, could I say, could we say to ourselves, I can get delivered right now, or I can continue on with this for a little while so that God can serve a greater purpose in my life. So that something else can be done, not just for me, but for somebody else who needs it. Because there are ways that we can minister to people that do not come through what we know about God's Word. They do not come through our own personal wisdom, but they come through the trials of life and the fire that comes our way. And that is just the way it is. And then there are some things, and this is, I'm not going to be dismal or anything like that here, but there are some things that we deal with that are lifelong. There are some situations that will 
that will never go back to the way they were. I myself am a child of divorce, and I know that there are other people here that have experienced that, and my heart goes out to them. And after that happens, there, of course, God restores, and, 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 and God makes all things new. And we know that He does that, but we also know that usually when that happens, it, it just never goes back to the way that it was. And there are some ailments that we have to deal with for our entire lives. It's good to know that we're not alone in that because Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, 7-9, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. Now, I, I like that he said that. He goes on to talk about his, his, the thing that keeps him humble and keeps him right. I'm glad to know that I am not the only one who has to have some kind of affliction to keep my heart right with God. Kudos to all you uh, healthy people that are just doing great and have the self-discipline to keep doing great. God love you. But some of us are in, well, we're in Paul's category. I'm just saying. That's just how, that's just how some of us are. There was given to me, he said, a thorn in the flesh. I hate that 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 analogy right there. Just just dry, every time I read that, I just want to bend over to the side a little bit and scratch my side a little bit. A thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Now we know that the devil doesn't always just give us certain afflictions. We saw that it happened in the Bible, but we do know that the origin of all illness and all affliction is the devil who brought sin into the world. Lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. I read that and I think, three times, you give up easy. <laughs> of course, the truth is, he maybe the, the reality is, is that he heard from God a lot sooner than, than some of us were willing to hear from God. And said unto me, my grace is sufficient. That was God's way of saying no. That was God's way of saying, I know that it hurts sometimes. I don't know what his affliction was. Some scholars speculate that he had problems with his, with his eyes. And we don't know exactly what it was. But God's reply to getting healing was no. But if that is God's answer, then God always has something better than a healing. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, how beautiful a thing it is. How beautiful and humbling it is to know that God takes all kinds of things and makes His strength in us perfect through the things that make us weak. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. Now, I know that there are some people who have ailments and some people want to use that as a crutch or to gain undue attention or... Or, uh, or, or use that as an excuse or to claim victim status. And, and, and I want to be honest, and I wouldn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but that is not God's will for our lives. God wants us to live victoriously in all things. We don't use them that way. But sometimes there are some things that we have to deal with. Seems like we're going to deal with it forever, and some things we do. But not only does Paul have a great testimony, there are many great testimonies that I myself have heard. Does anyone remember the, remember the great Alan Oggs, a, a wonderful speaker? And for those of you who don't know, he, uh, he passed some years ago, and he, 
had cerebral palsy. He could not walk very well. He could not speak very well. But he went on to become a great and dynamic preacher and author. He, he coined the phrase, you got to have the want to. The doctor said he would never walk, but he did. The doctor said he would never have kids, but he did. He conquered so many things, but he still had this ailment that caused him to stumble a little bit. And when, when he spoke, he couldn't hold a microphone. He had to put it on a stand. And when he spoke, he had to listen extra careful sometimes. And, and he had to deal with this throughout his entire life, even into his death. And on occasion, people asked him, don't you want to be healed? And he said, no, because if I did... I would lose my testimony. I thank God for all the times that that's not the case. I thank God for all the times He set me free from something that I didn't want to have to live with. I thank God for all the situations that He changed, but I also thank God for the grace that He lives, that even though I might have to deal with something for the rest of my life, God has put purpose in it. God has put power in it. God has put anointing in it. And I, and, and, I, and I sometimes I wonder if God, and, and I'm not going to make this about me, but it is a little bit personal to me, and if you don't mind me testifying a little bit, sometimes I wonder if God Himself stood before me and said, would you like for me to heal you of bipolar disorder? I honestly don't know what I would say, Pastor. I'm going to be honest. I, I really don't know what I would say in that moment, but I, I do know this. I do know that if there's this thing, and you can think about something that you, that you, you yourself have, may have struggled with, if that's something that I have to deal with for the rest of my life, I'll take it. Because something that the devil meant for evil, God has used for good. I'm no great orator. I'm not, I'm no, not talented or anything else. Anything that I do, it seems like it comes from things that were not of my own making. But I do know this. If this thing gives me the ability to reach somebody in a way that I couldn't reach them otherwise, I'll take it. If it means I get a greater anointing, I'll live with it a little bit longer. I'll take this thing for the rest of my life if I have to. And I have settled in my spirit. And, and if someone says, I want God to heal you from that, 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 that does my heart good. There, I, have, I certainly have no criticism for anybody that says that. But I am settled in my spirit that this is a thing that that I have to deal with. Now, some of you who may not have known that about me are thinking, really, I, I wouldn't have known that. Others, you, others may be thinking, okay, a lot of things are starting to make sense right now. And just be honest, okay? Now, it's not like it was, you know, a lot of mental health issues. It's not like it was in the 1950s. I had an aunt who, who had bipolar disorder, and this was back when treatments were not what they were at the time, and, and she had even had electroconvulsive therapy while conscious, and that's, that's, and that's just a, a terrible thing to go through. And, and she suffered more than she had to for her in, entire life. But, you know, I am grateful that there are advancements, and not just for me, for all kinds of conditions. It, it, there, and you don't have to raise your hand, but is there anybody who does, in fact, have some type of long-term or even lifelong ailment that you deal with? If you don't want to raise your hand, you don't have to. But there, there are some, and we know that, you know, whether it, whatever it is, if it's OCD or ADD or EIEIO, whatever it is, you know, where are my ADHD people at? Hallelujah. There's more here. They're just not, not paying attention. So I, I can say that. Some of y'all can't say I can say that, you know. 
Some of us, I know there were blood sugar, uh, I know there are some people here who have issues with blood sugar, diabetes, and, and other things. And if you ask them, do you want God to heal them? They say, yes, I would want God to heal me, and rightly so. But there's just something about, let me read to you from Romans 8, 28, because it explains it so much better than I could. Scripture we all know, and we know. We don't just think it. We don't just believe it. We have seen it to be the case every time. We know that all things, now that's a pretty broad category right there, things. I saw a YouTube video on how many things there are. What is a thing? And it, it, and it gave this, these started defining what a thing is and all these uh, estimates that just, just the numbers were just staggering. How many things are there in the universe? An atom is a thing and there are just uh, incalculable how many there are in the universe. But we know that all things work together for, now the category is getting narrowed down a little bit, work together for good. Now I like that category. I don't like all things. Some things I like, but not all things I like. But I like good for them that, here's the easy part, love God to them that are called according to his purpose. What does that mean? Simply, if you are faithful, if you are saved and you are committed and you are faithful, all things, all things. Did your car break down? All things. Did you have a blood sugar episode and have to go to the hospital because it was life-threatening? All things. Did you wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to go back to sleep? All things. Do you have a condition you don't even know what it is? All things work together for good to them that love God. I pray God's healing on a lot of people. Now, I understand that there are certain issues, and Pastor, I know this is, this is a pulpit, not a soapbox, and I'm not going to just go off on some tangent or anything, but I know that there are, that sometimes we have to be cautious in how we talk to people about it. I know in, in the past that uh, a lot of people in the church would tell someone, uh, well, you have uh, depression, well, you just need to pray, and, and, and God's going to take it away, and if He doesn't take it away, well, then you need to pray harder, and if He still doesn't, well, you need to have more faith, and, and sometimes that, that did more bad than good, because what a lot of people kind of came away feeling, and I know this was not intended by a lot of people, they came away feeling guilt, like, well, if I, you know, if I'm still dealing with this, do I not, do I not have enough faith, and and I know that sometimes maybe we say it's not God's will for you to, to, to be depressed. And I know and I understand what we mean by it. We should not be bound by depression. But there are some conditions, the symptoms of which are occasional depression or anxiety or panic attacks and, and those kinds of things. And we want the world to know that, yes, we're going to pray and ask God to heal you. But if he doesn't, all things if this is something you have to live with, all things. And we're going to have more and more people come into the church. Some of them are going to cause problems for us because of the things that they deal with. And, and, and I'll be the first, if, if I happen to talk to them, I'll, I'll say, you know, because these things are caused, that there are so many different causes. Sometimes depression and anxiety and different things are caused by life circumstances. And we need to see if we can change those and help people. Sometimes it's just a medical condition with no known cause. And, and I believe in the proper treatments for, for those things. And I won't get into all that, but you know, I believe in that. The point is that the world needs to know that whatever we are still, still here in, we are also still here in the church. 
Things are not always going great for me. I know what it's like to be hospitalized and to be confused and to not know exactly how this thing is going to work out, but I'm still here. I know what it's like to have to perform and do something when I just don't want to. My mind is not in it. My heart is not in it. And I just have to put it on autopilot. But that's all right if that's the way it is sometimes because I'm still here. Are you going through a sickness that you just can't rid of? That's all right. We are still here. Are you facing something you never thought you would that it might even be the end of you? That's all right. We are still here. And we're not going anywhere. And we want this world to know. I want them, I want them to look at us and say, you, you mean you still have panic attacks? Not him. You just happen to be there. You know, he, he, you, he, you know, you might give a panic attack, but you don't have a panic attack. That's all right. You know, you, you, you still deal with that? And, you, and you're still here? Yeah, yeah, I am. Has, hasn't it gotten bad before? Oh, yeah, it's gotten, gotten bad. I had, to, I had to get some treatment. I had to do some things. And that was proper in, in its place. But you see, we may deal with all kinds of ailments, all kinds of infirmities, but it is never, never God's will for us to be bound by those infirmities. Some of us are going to leave this place and have a bad day with whatever it is we have tomorrow. Maybe even get on the nerves of somebody we love. Sometimes that's the worst part. Whatever we go through, we, we hate it that other people have, have to deal with it. And that might happen some more, but that's all right. Because God is going to use it for His glory. I wish I could tell you how He's going to do it. The, same, the things that I've seen you come through, sister, and, and God has brought you out of, and, and the things that maybe you still struggle with, I wish I could say, hey, thus saith the Lord, yea, there, yea, thus and verily say I unto thee. This is exactly how God is going to use that, but we don't always get that. But as long as we're faithful... It's kind of an adventure sometimes just seeing what God's going to do with it. And sometimes I look back and I think, children's ministry, how did God put bipolar in a children's ministry? How did he take Tourette's syndrome and OCD and, and, and Ramalama Ding Dong and all this kind of stuff, whatever it is, and how did he take all that and use it for good? I do not know how he did it. All that I know is that he did it and he'll do it again and he'll do it again and he'll do it again. And we are still here. We may have to live with some things, but I will live above it. If it's a part of my life, I'm not going to be bound by that. I'm not going to live under it. Do I hate it? Does anyone hate the things that you have to live with sometimes? Does it make you angry sometimes? That is okay. Whatever it is you feel about, that is okay. As long as you can say, even in those most awful times, even when there's something that you have to do and you just think, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I can't get this sermon ready or I can't get this Sunday school lesson ready or I can't play this instrument. I just don't feel like going through it right now. But if you just keep performing, if you just stay faithful, I know what it's like to want to pick up that phone and say, not today, frequent migraines. And, and, and sometimes we can't get out because of the. I know that sometimes we are literally uh, immobile because of things that happen. But as long as we stay faithful, there are going to be these moments. <laughs> These moments where we know, where we know, I'm going to be all right. It'd be nice to be healed, but I'm going to be all right. And the world needs to see that. The world needs to know that they can be all right too. 
there will be people that I counsel with and talk to that I'm going to say, you know, have you, have you seen this type of, of specialist or this type of person? And, 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 and I might refer them to that. And I believe in all that done properly. But one thing that Prozac can't do is give you joy in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> one thing that it cannot do is pick you up when you don't feel like going on. When you think, I can't do this today. Prozac can't make you do it, but you get a little bit of joy in the Holy Ghost. You get a little bit of power from the Almighty, and it'll make you take just one more step. It'll make you find just one more little bit of purpose. It'll make you go further than you thought you would. It'll make you say, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I can think of nothing. You can go ahead, sis. I, I can think of nothing, nothing more beautiful. You can stand with me too if you would. Nothing more beautiful than not just when someone grows in Christ, but when someone looks back and says, you know, God brought me out of that situation. He was faithful. And I stayed faithful to Him. And when they say, I'm still in this situation, I don't know if it'll ever change, but I'm still here. I'm still here in the situation, but I am still here. And if this is what it takes to fulfill God's calling, if this is what it takes to be great, I'll do it. If this is what it takes so that someone will, will not do themselves any harm, I'll take it. I'll let some harm come my way if it means someone changes their mind about making some bad decisions. And we're going to have to deal with it. We're going to have to. Sometimes we'll see what people go through. Some people may even make a, make a scene in the church. It, it happens. And we, gotta, we learn to adjust and try to help them and try to learn how to treat that properly and, and behave the, the best way. But the most important thing is, is that we keep loving them and we keep showing them it's okay what you're going through. I, I know what it's like to have something like that. Or I know what it's like to not be able to quite get past it but you're going to be okay how do you know well let me tell you how i know <laughs> going back i could going back for for as long as i can remember let me tell you what god has done in my life did i always have the right attitude about it most certainly not did i always approach it the right way no will i get it wrong in the future at times probably but i can say without any doubt I am still here. I am still here. If I'm not disciplined enough, if I'm too weak-willed that I have to have some type of infirmity to keep me right with God, well, that might hurt my pride a little bit, but that's all right. I'll take it. I am still here. Can you say that with me? We are still here. Say it again. We are still here. One more time. We are still here. Can we give the Lord some glory right now and praise? Hallelujah. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I tell you, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of this uh, and what he just said, that how God will keep you in a place to, to affect somebody else. And that, that story is so amazing to me because I, I remember just 
reading that over and over when I first got into the church. I thought, man, you know, your natural instinct would be like the doors open, the chains are off, get out of here. But the mission of others was so much bigger than their own survival that they thought, you know, we could be arrested again tomorrow the way this is going. So why not help this guy tonight and, and see how God will move. And, and you know, we, we always talk about in Revelation, it tells us that we, are made, we were made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And let me tell you, you are the product of someone else's testimony. You hear me? Two things happen there. Jesus is always going to be involved with it, that blood. But before you ever got your testimony, you got your testimony because of somebody else's testimony. Somebody else that uh, was still here prayed for you, preached to you, testified to you, witnessed to you, uh, and, and, and loved you and helped you and mentored you. And, and so for them to be able to say, well, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of my testimony, I am, but I only have a testimony because of somebody else's testimony. Because somebody else that had already been uh, where I am now was sharing it, was pouring their, that love into me. And, and I'm thankful today that, that I do have a testimony. But I have a testimony because my pastor had a testimony. And the many other people that prayed for me and talked to me and gave me Bible studies. They all had testimonies and they shared that. They shared what God had worked through them and it was just, man, it was just like putting a Lego model together. Every little piece was just clicking together and clicking together until I became who I am. And guess what? You will always be affected by somebody else's testimony because you don't know what you may go through tomorrow that somebody that's already been there is going to come and say, I know you've been serving God for 40 years, but you need, you need my testimony today. Don't ever think your testimony goes out of date. Ain't no expiration date on your testimony. So, man, what a fabulous word tonight. While she's playing, if you would like to bring your testimony down into this altar tonight and just pray and ask God to use it, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, just come and surrender that to God. Lord, I'm not here to, to flee. The door is open, but I'm going to I'm going to stick it out because I believe you're going to use me to bless somebody else. I'm not here to run and hide. I'm not here to make some great escape, but I'm here to help somebody else come through it, come through the fire, come through what they're facing. Oh, you can bear it. The Lord said, I'll give you what it takes so you can bear it. Hallelujah. Let him bless you in this altar tonight.
Hallelujah. Oh, just lift your hands and your voice across the room to him right now. Just worship the Lord. Come on, let his presence just sweep over you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. He's going to work it out for our good. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's no one who knows better what's good for you than God because he sees it all. And when you read Romans, where, where people get discouraged as they, they read it like, and he's going to, all things are going to work together for the way, what I think is good. But we think, that what's best for me is what I think is best for me. But God knows better what's good for you. And so he's like, no, all things are going to work together for your good because what I ultimately have in mind is for you to make it all the way home. <laughs> and so uh, I'm not just going to, just like the, those thorns in Paul's flesh, that was good for him. He didn't like it. He thought, hey, remove it. That's what would be good if you just take it. But, Paul, but the Lord said, no, what's good is for you to keep that. And so sometimes, whether we realize it or not, it's for our ultimate good. For us to still be where we are going through what we're going through because these things are keeping us on the path. It's keeping us faithful in prayer. It's keeping us with our face turned toward him, seeking him. And because he knows how people are when things are just going too good we tend to forget about him and that's not good so uh, what a message tonight it's got my mind rolling and I, i'm thankful because i have over and over and over not just in my life but others seen god continue to work and bless people uh, i could tell you i could stand here and, and and testify for brother shannon i've watched him uh you know with everything that he goes through and faces and struggles with i've watched him be able to come up when other people have been praying with somebody for a certain amount of time. Nothing seems to be moving. I've watched him come up and pray with someone and just lead them by faith. And next thing you know, God fills them with the Holy Ghost. And and I, I thank the Lord for his ministry. And uh, and it wouldn't be, the he wouldn't have the ministry he has today if he didn't have the things that go along with it. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. So, man, that's why we count it all joy when we fall in divers temptations and, and if we're persecuted or troubled for the service of the Lord then happy are ye because we know that God's working on, on something and doing something on our behalf amen praise God what a wonderful word I hope you'll do your best to make it to church on Sunday not just to the 12 o'clock be here at 11 for the Sunday school the adult lessons those those classes are so good and so vital and, uh, you know, just be here for that. Get that good teaching in. Then we're going to worship the Lord and have some good preaching. And God's going to do some great things. Invite somebody to the house of the Lord with you this weekend. And let's see God do the miraculous. Amen. God bless you. We love you dearly. If we can be of a help, let us know. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. <laughs>